Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. These are terms that have become very familiar to all of us in almost every aspect of our lives, from the workplace to our political conversations and beyond. And those words are a part of the world of sports as well, as more and more athletes, coaches, and organizations speak out over the injustices being faced both on the court or field and off. But even with changes happening slowly but surely, such as the United States women's national soccer team after years of battling for it, finally reaching a groundbreaking deal in 2022, where both the men's and women's teams would be paid equally, even with moves like that, how far have we actually come when looking at equality in sports? Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Mary Hughes, and to help us take a closer look at that question, I speak with Dr. Akila Carter-Francique, former executive director of the Institute for the Study of Sports, Society, and Social Change at San Jose State University, co-founder of Francique Sports and Education Consulting, and currently the dean of the School of Education, Health, and Human Services at Benedict College. Thank you so much for being able to speak with me. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. We have spoken with you, KCBS has in the past, uh, when we were speaking about, uh, I believe, the Olympics, uh, the Summer Olympics, and issues with inclusion and diversity there. And we have seen some gains, I feel like, in the world of sports. And and yet sometimes it always it feels like maybe it's just not enough. So in your estimation... You know, where do you see things standing right now in the world of professional sports as far as equity and equality and, and especially where women are concerned? You know, are are we seeing strides now that we might not have expected 
you know, five, 10 years ago? And how far do you think we need to go still? Well, great question. I think it's a loaded question. Um, do you have a semester four class? Uh, so, <laughs> I might. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's a notion of sort of ebbs and flows. Um, when we talk about the the state of, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, I like to reverse it too and talk about equity, diversity, inclusion. I think there was definitely an uptick in, during the 2020 or 2021 um, time period um, immediately following, you know, the aftermath of uh, the murder of George Floyd. Um, I think the combination of the COVID, which I kind of call dual pandemics, um, really created a space where we could have that bold conversation, where we could um, critically analyze our organizations and see, well, where are we? And in many ways, um, you know, we were allowed and, and had that opportunity. And I think some individuals that may have, have gone with the status quo um, that really wanted to step into that space were allowed some freedoms to begin to explore. So I think at the outset of um, that time of reflection, if you will, we did see many organizations in the sporting space, as well as the larger society, go in and have these conversations, begin to analyze. Um, I began to give talks, my colleagues did as well, about the state of equity, diversity, and inclusion. So I think at the outset, we moved into that space of, oh, this is great. Um, we're going to now begin to make sure or um, even ensure that our specific business spaces, um, areas of operation are are moving forward. And maybe we need to change some of those policies. Maybe we can begin to um, look at where we have fallen short and have excluded some individuals. And so, you know, we saw organizations, um, you know, MBA, I think in many ways, and WNBA in particular, took the lead on that sort of notion of self-reflection. We saw in the Olympic games, um, some, some changes in some of the concessions. Some of them were a bit controversial. I think when we talk about the swim cap, for example, um, the notion of uniforms that really was an uptick for women in that space. Um, and again, the desire to not only speak to equity, diversity, and inclusion, but how that affected the participants in those spaces when it came to mental health and wellness. So we saw a lot of good sort of come that way. But I think it, as much as we moved ahead in some spaces, and I even talk about the, the NCAA, for example, um, creating those spaces, which was a little bit pre-George Floyd as well for that um, you know, athletic, that diversity, equity, and inclusion designee in that space, um, saw them moving ahead. But I think some of the challenge came in, I don't know if it was excitement <laughs> or desire to move in that space, is that many really didn't know what it meant, what it fully meant to engage in equity, diversity, and inclusion. That it would mean, in many ways, stripping away some of the history so as much as I think there was a welcoming of um, of change, I think there was some hesitance and in some in some ways sort of um, going back to the way of old because we don't know how to do. And so 
I think myself is really kind of stepping into that space, trying to help. Okay, this is how you do it. This is a common practice, and and where do you need to start? And each organization was different. You know, if you are a women-led organization, how do we do diversity? If you are one that has is is steeped in patriarchy, <laughs> maleness, how do we do diversity? If you're one that's steeped in and whiteness, and that's been our leadership, how do we do diversity differently? Because we've got to not only change the demographics, but we've also got to change the culture. So the, it, it almost sounds like the the intention is there to want to do things differently and to and to change things, but the actual foundation of how to do that and and make it work for everyone was sort of lacking is what it sounds like. Yeah, I think make it work for everyone and also I think educate not only those that were within those organizations, but who those clients are, who those individuals they serve um, also became a challenge because this is not the NFL we knew, you know, this is not the, the, the NCAA that we know. So how do we do things differently? And I've been trained this way. Hey, I'm a professor <laughs> in our institutions of higher education. This is what they taught us. But now it's kind of going back and sort of rethinking, is this, was this just because it was the practice or it was a tradition? What, where was the, what was the context in which those best practices were created? And and so in the work that you've been doing over the years and in the positions that you find yourself in now, are you seeing that more and more institutions, whether it's a, a sports institution itself, like you mentioned, like uh, the NBA or the NCAA, or even just higher education uh, spaces, are they figuring out the answers to, to those questions on, on how to evolve with, with what athletes and those who support them are looking for? I think within the the individual sports structures, they're starting to listen more. Um, but I think some of the additional challenges come when we sort of step outside of sport into larger society legislation and policies. So welcome. <laughs> you know, decisions on affirmative action, decisions on Roe v. Wade, decisions on what um, you can and cannot teach as it pertains to equity, diversity, and inclusion have created stops and the progress that some of these organizations are definitely taking. Um, institutions of higher education are having to switch language. Individuals that worked in those spaces, taught in those spaces, some are leaving. You know, and what does that mean for, as I mentioned, my young children as they go into these spaces um, in an effort to be themselves fully and then have these these legislative pieces push back on them becoming the the wonderful people that they could be and, and stepping into organizations that may be sport, that may be in law, that may be in medicine, where they'd have an opportunity to be them best selves and, and sort of add to the culture. We've got legislation and policies and bills that are coming down um, day in, week in, <laughs> you know, that are creating additional challenges for individuals that fully believe in this notion notion of, of equity, that believe in this notion of diversifying the workforce, that believe in including all individuals 
in that space to add to the conversation to make change for a better society. We're seeing those individuals, those organizations be limited by some of the legislation that has been put out. Well, and I think that's something obviously we'll see in the the days and months and, you know, to come as how organizations will respond to the fact that laws are sort of working against them in a lot of ways in how they can push forward with change and evolution in the in the sports world. I think that underscores just how important it is when a sports institution is already doing what they can to support their athletes at at the most fundamental level. One of the things that I've been focusing on here is the the newest North American League in rugby, the the Premier Rugby Sevens. They are sort of uh, a rarity in the world of sports in what they are offering to both their men's and women's team. Um, equal pay, uh, equal use of equipment and quality of equipment, equal media time. How important is it that there is a professional league that's taking this sort of initiative and running with it? I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's one where it allows um, individuals, again, to come together from all walks of life, um, race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, gender identification, you know, sexual orientation, all of those things to be able to come together for the love of the sport. So I think that, you know, this particular organization taking that step forward um, and not, not even taking a step forward, just coming together with the mindset and, you know, ideology that we want to create a space where we can play. I mean, at this basic level, we want to come together to play. And um, I, I think that's a fantastic way to be. One of the things I find kind of nuanced about it is that they're new. Again, I kind of go back into this notion of history and context. And when was the NFL formed? You know, in what context? When was the NBA formed? You know, when did the NCAA come together? And so I think we also have to just keep in mind the time and place in which organizations like Rugby Sevens came together to formulate their mission, their purpose, and those policies and practices that they said, we're going to set out forth and ensure that all of our participants are a part of this particular culture. It's inviting, it's welcoming. Um, and again, it makes me smile. <laughs> well, and I, I think you, you know, you sort of put a very fine point on it there in what you, in what you've uh, said in that it, at the bottom line, it's about wanting to come together and play the game, that that's what it is. It's a love and a passion for the sport. And these other things, you know, they're they're just roadblocks to this ultimate goal of wanting of, of wanting everyone to feel included that they can play this game, whatever the game is. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I had an opportunity to sort of review the 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 site itself and to see what they were about. But one of the things that really caught my eye, and I guess it's because I got little ones now in camp, was the opportunity to participate and play. And they're like, you know, what age are you? What school did you go to? And yes, we're looking at race and gender and, and sexual orientation, um, you know, male, female, non-binary. They're welcoming everyone to come in this space and to to feel like they belong. And that that is one of the the essence of 
what I do in my space, yes, promoting equity, yes, promoting diversity, yes, promoting inclusion, but at the end of the day, to promote this sense of belonging and have a safe space where you can just come together and be. And sport is one of those places that I think can definitely do that. And it is also becomes an educative space for society to say, hey, we just want to come together and play. And my identity or multiple identities should not impede me from being able to contribute, to add to, to share in the desire to support, to help, and to make a difference. One question I do have, how do you, on an educational front, and on uh, on the front as someone who who does love sports and is passionate about the world of sports how do you prepare younger people now not only for entrance into sports how do you prepare them for the challenges that they're going to have to face tell them the truth tell them the truth and i think that's something that can be quite challenging is is presenting those truths to them um some are ready to hear some have not. And so being in a space um, at an institution of higher education, I think that's one of the reasons why I sort of pivoted from my role um, as uh, the executive director for the Institute for the Study of Sports, Society, and Social Change. Great position, great platform, but I found myself speaking so much about, we've got to build a pipeline. We've got to build a pipeline, you know, and how do we get, um, how do we begin to promote um, equity if we're not introducing young people to the possibility that yes, you could be an agent. Yes, you can be an athletic director. Yes, you could be the president. And so part of doing that is getting them into those educational spaces, is helping them understand um, how all of these things sort of work together, um, is also presenting the history and the truth of yes, this organization started then. Um, it it did this type of work. It was intended for such and such, but we have to understand when this was created. You know, and I think that's even some of the things that, you know, as we we and I'm seeing myself and my colleagues and those of us in this 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 EDI space go into working with these different organizations is to contextualize when those policies, when these rules came together and trying to understand this was our demographic then. This is the way that our culture believed um, for the haves and the have-nots or those in positions of power. Um, when we talk about patriarchy, those in um, positions uh, that uh, it was a white-only context, you know, it was a male-only context. Um, it was very anti, you know, LGBTQ+. So helping those young people understand not only the history, but also the value of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but also how, how business works, <laughs> you know, can give them a more well-rounded understanding of the field in which they go into. Well, yeah, it's giving, giving people tools for them to use and so that they can be at whatever level in the world of, of sports, professional, collegiate, you know, however you want to, you know, wherever you want to place yourself, that they would actually have all the tools necessary to sort of hit the ground running. How much does your own experiences, you know, as an athlete and as a scholar of sport, which I, I love that term, by the way, how much does that play into what you're able to, to give 
uh, to these young people who are setting, you know, setting forth on this path much in the same way that you once did? I think it gives a lot. Um, for some young people, it's kind of like, what are your credentials? How do you know? <laughs> so in some ways, you're like having to just, okay, I can because I was one of you and I've done this. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, um, one of my my, my great uh, colleagues um, and friends, uh, Dr. Damian Thomas, who's a sport curator at the NAMIC at Smithsonian, um, talks about sport being an, an, an entree point for these great conversations and whether I'm talking with them from a sport perspective or anything beyond for some re- you know, for some reason, our society, um, not only in the U S but I think globally, like we get sport, we understand. And so we can kind of present those respective individual stories, um, those particular cases, if you will, um, or those particular organizations or a moment in time to demonstrate this is what this person was trying to do. So similar to you and what you're trying to do and kind of draw those, that alignment there. Right. Um, but it does, I do think it gives a great um, opportunity because, for, you know, for whatever reason, sport is something that, oh, okay, I, I see where you're going. We can, we can wear the same jersey and still disagree. You know, and so yeah. I think it does provide um, a lot of credibility, if you will, to have that sport nuance as I'm talking with athletes, as I'm talking with coaches, as I'm talking with administrators of respective sporting organizations um, to help them understand. I know what it's like to be a participant, but guess what? I know what it's like to run a facility. I worked in campus recreation for a number of years, but I also, guess what? I know what it's like to be an administrator because I worked at that as well. So I get, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And so if anything, it's just an onboarding opportunity to get into some of these robust conversations, conversations that are often very complex too, because again, we're dealing with history. We're dealing with a particular time period. We're dealing with a particular subject matter. But at the end of the day, we one of the things I try to espouse to individuals is that who is this for? Is this for you or is this for our participants? Is this for our our participants who are often young people and just trying to navigate their way and they have a love of sport? I really want to work to how do we sort of create opportunity for those that are participating in this sport? for those that may be even coming to view the sport. We have an opportunity to educate fans, you know, because guess what? Those fans in many respects are young children or individuals that have children or niece or nephew or, you know, an individual in their family that are participating as well. We want them to go out and to be their best selves. And so those become um, opportunities that we can begin to sort of share the importance of, equity, diversity, and inclusion. We can share the importance of sports skill development and how that can translate into managing life's challenges and issues. But I think at the end of the day, um, for me, it comes down to, we're talking about individuals, we're talking about their humanity. Exactly. And and it's just a, a fine case of, of paying it forward is what it feels like to me of, of taking what you have learned and what you have experienced and what you can share and giving it to the next generation. And then that's something that hopefully they too will take 
into their future and and to whomever comes next. We just got about five minutes left, I believe, just to sort of uh, in, encompass all we've been talking about here. When we when we think about what is going on, I think in the world of sports and how it is responding to what society is going through, and this sort of give and take and representation of what's happening. Um, you know what what's your outlook then? You know, w- with where we are now, and and we touched on uh, the Premier Rugby Sevens and what they're doing. We've touched on what other organizations are striving to do. Uh, with sort of, I think, up and down success along the way and the and the challenges that are being faced on legal levels, on societal levels. Where do you see the future of equity and equality and diversity in sports going? Are, are you positive, I guess, about the outcomes here? Oh, my gosh. Am I, am I positive? <laughs> I think I'm I'm positive in the sense that I know that individuals that believe in equity, diversity, inclusion, individuals that believe in social change and social justice will always be here and among us. Um, you know, it, it really sort of steeps back into when we talk about the civil rights movement <laughs> and those individuals that, um, you know, change makers that 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 put their life on the line, that put their knowledge in spaces and places, tried to um, create change and create opportunity, you know, for others in this space. So I think we will continue to be met with challenge as we move forward. But at the same time, I believe we have those champions in those spaces and places. My goal is just to continue um, in, in my multiple roles, continue to pour into individuals that that want to be a part of that change, that understand the value of a voice and opportunity and access. I'm positive, you know, and I'm hopeful. I think we have a young generation. I think, again, many that were here to see the 2020 realities right to see what exclusion can be can see how racism manifests can see how sexism manifests can see how um homophobia acts and and um i think we i I, oh my gosh I'm, i'm caught up because i guess i'm so hopeful for the younger generation because they've seen all of this. And so I'm, I'm excited to be able to, um, in many ways, be a part of their journey. Because yes, I, I'm not saying I'm done, <laughs> but I think there is, um, for lack of better terms, a passing of the baton um, that happens. And that next generation, uh, I am excited to be able to have them ask questions and be able to provide answers. That was Dr. Akila Carter-Francique, sports scholar and currently the Dean of the School of Education, Health and Human Services at Benedict College and co-founder of Francique Sports and Education Consulting. And as you heard Dr. Carter-Francique and I talking about the Premier Rugby Sevens, 
that league will actually be playing in San Jose this weekend for the Western Conference Finals. It's going to be eight teams total, uh, but it will consist of our very own Bay Area Golden State Retrievers, both their men's and women's team. And you can learn more about this league that's all about equity and diversity and inclusion at PR7s.com. Thanks for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Mary Hughes. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 